0: friends and families around the world, welcome to another episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Today we're talking about team culture at the youth level. I'm Lee Elias. I'm joined as always by my good friends Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli. We have a very, very special guest today. Uh, some of them, you may know who he is. Uh, J.B. Spizo is listed on LinkedIn as a leadership and culture expert, author, and entrepreneur. But if you dive deeper into his bio, it just continues to expand like the universe. So, for this audience, it's important to know that JB has worked with many prominent businesses and professional and collegiate sports teams across multiple sports. And as this is a hockey show, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that he has worked with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the New York Rangers. Sorry to name drop there, JB, but uh, some of you may have heard of some of those teams. They're pretty prominent in the NHL. Uh, he is also the author of Warrior Leadership Steps for Success for Leaders on the Ground which was no doubt influenced from his service in the U.S. Army, which spent 26 years, including 10 years in special operations with the elite 75th Ranger Regiment, leading the country's most talented soldiers in combat, and J.B. retired as a sergeant major, the highest and most respected non-commissioned officer position in the military. J.B., we are pleased to have you on the show today. We can't wait to dive into this topic with you. Oh, thanks for
1: having me, Lee, Uh, Christy, Mike, you guys all look great, and um. (laughs) Uh, Very, very excited, and I love talking about uh, hockey, of course, and youth sports, so I'm ready to go,
0: Lee. I worked out this morning, so I'm ready for you. I I can tell that you're right. I love the energy. There's no way people are going to watch this episode and not have to get up right afterwards and do something and go for a walk and get moving, but as you said, we're talking about culture at the youth level uh, today, and you know, when you look at culture, and and again, everybody here has got so many questions for you, which I love, but culture really is a living thing, and, and it's something that needs to be nurtured. And as you say, culture starts with standards. So my first question to you, just to kick everything off, is: What are some of the standards that you consider to be the pillars for any team? A wonderful question. And obviously,
1: it starts with honor, integrity, and have a you know a fair playing field. Right. And I think that any time that you have those three things, run. You know, we talk about, you know, integrity. Oh, what is integrity? We make it like a big word. It's just being, it's just being honest. Um, You know, I love some of the uh, professional coaches that I worked with and they were, um, you know, very honest with players. Um, For example, they would be like, you're not in the lineup today. And this is why, but if, when you do a, B and C, you're going to be back in the lineup. And when that player does a, B and C, they're back in the lineup, those right. sort of things. And I think that's all part of that uh, cultivating uh, the success, right? Everybody talks about, the, you know, the Patriot way, Pittsburgh Steelers way, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, teams that are trying to build culture. You know, how do you do it? And it, it, it's more than just wins and losses. And especially in the youth sports realm, right. which, you know, I believe is a, uh, I think I just read somewhere, you know, youth sports as a whole is like a $15 billion business. So obviously it's a business, right? But how do we continue to help these young uh, boys and girls, men and women play this game and use it as a vehicle to success? Right. Uh, So I think that's the part that a lot of times parents miss, you know, hockey is not the success. It's the vehicle to success. And Mike Benelli and I have had, you know, countless conversations of this. And, um, you know, my son's an example of it who, you know, grew up playing youth hockey, w- then went to prep school and then played D3 and, um, you know, uh, w- went to a pro development camp and now he's a hockey director at Westchester Skating Academy, right? It's the, it's the vehicle to success. And that's what we want. That's what we want to inspire these youth athletes to be great. Sure, some of them will play this game professionally and that's a wonderful thing but they all will be a professional at something. And I think when you take a step back as a parent and as a coach, and that's what you're trying to develop, and that's what you think of, then that's, that's the path to success. And I think that's sort of the overarching part, especially in youth hockey. I saw it firsthand, you know, sometimes coaches are just about wins and losses and this and getting my team here. No, it's about developing all those people underneath you, making them a better version of themselves.
2: Right. It, you and JV, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, and a lot of parents listening, maybe first time hockey parents, how important is it for the parents to buy in as well? The kids are an easy sell. Easy I've sell. seen that throughout my years in hockey. The kids are no problem, but sometimes it's hard for the parents to buy it. Absolutely. Sure.
1: Well, the parents just needed to take a step back and like trust the process. Um, and, and, it, and it's okay if, and, and Mike Benelli can talk about the statistics of, you know, these 10 year olds playing triple A hockey and they're not ready. And then how many, what's the percentage of them not ever playing hockey again, because we're forcing these kids to play something and the developmental process of both boys and girls, it's all different. Right. And I you know, can't say, well, at 14, it's going to get this and 15, it's going to get this. It, it doesn't happen. Some people just develop later and, You know, hockey is such a sport that we're rushing kids, you know, to that pinnacle level as quick as as we can. Sure, you know, Alexander Barkoff, Sidney Crosby, you know, they're going to play in the NHL at 18 years old, 100%. But, you know, it's okay to continue that development later in life and continue to mold that. So I just tell parents,
0: listen, be patient, be supportive, let them enjoy the sport. You know, one of the things we say a lot on this show is that, it's so important not to lose sight that hockey or any youth sport for that matter mm. is a vehicle for a person's growth as a human being. And that that should always trump whatever the actual athleticism or sport is. As you just said, you know, if you're a Sidney Crosby, you're probably going to be picked out pretty early. Right. But that doesn't take away from the life lessons that you can learn uh, just from playing a sport and dealing with some of those pillars that you talked about in the first question about dealing with adversity, understand what honor is and trust and integrity Severely, uh, you know, major things right now that are needed in our society at maybe every single level, Mm -hmm. right? So, just getting back to the youth hockey for a second, uh, there's a lot of moving parts on any team, but when you get down to the youth sports level, you got parents, you got kids, you got siblings, you got coaches, you got everything, you know. So, uh, I'm, I'm always fond of saying that you know, creating a team culture, actually creating it, establishing it, and presenting it, is always the easy part. It's maintaining it. It's actually the challenge, right? It, it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be cultivated over and over again. And I think that's something that is missed. So my question to you is how do you maintain that culture once it's established, especially at a level where you have parents that might be yapping and coaches that might be changing? You know, how, how do you maintain a team culture, team bond in an in a environment like that?
1: well you know i think a lot of it starts with your overarching structure of who's running the organization right. and then of course it's 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 finding and and hiring you know the right coaches and 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 as you know a lot of coaches are volunteers you know their dads their moms are out there they're giving their time and you know i think usa hockey's done a good job of you know getting giving them some education system to do it but it's still you're going to kind of get what you get but what you have to do is you know you have to you have to look at it as you know Winning is not the end state. Right. Winning is not the end state. Um, one of the coaches that uh, you know, that I I personally life coach, he's a professional coach. We talk all the time. We talk every single week about this, uh, about different subjects. But we just talked about, you know, he sees that, you know, a lot of the things that you know they're trying to develop in youth players don't transition to the sport, right? right? My, Mike Benelli can tell you you know, small unit games are the way to go, which they are, but you still have parents that say, why isn't my mite player playing full ice? Right. Right. <laughs> and just like, and I just go, really, right, but right. it's still this concept. I listen, I, I had a professional NHL player, a captain of a team come up and ask me why his kid wasn't playing full ice hockey as a mite. And I looked at him, I said, really yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and, and that's how he grew up he grew up like that right. right in canada he grew up like that and he was like well that's the path for my kid to get there and i'm like mm, it's, it's 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 really not right. so so it, so part of it is 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 y- y- you know breaking down these stigmas yeah, and the understanding
0: notions right
1: that, oh because because you know there's coaches out there teaching private lessons that are doing one skill like circle around the cone <laughs> circle around the stone cir- well whoa when does that ever translate to the game? It doesn't. (laughs) Right. Right. And the, you know, the game's all about touches and opportunities. And these are things that like Mike Benelli and USA hockey's trying, and you know, you really have to take a step back and, you know, you really have to take a step back and, and, and look at it. I mean, let's look what the NFL did. Okay. Now the NFL gets a lot of hits for things, but the NFL said years ago, you know what, this CTE problem might really be an issue. So what are we going to do? We're going to invest money. And now they play this seven-on-seven this seven flag football right. for, for you. Have you seen it? It's amazing. It, yeah, 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 It's amazing. you got these 12- you know, and 13-year-old kids out there playing seven-on-seven seven flag. They're so athletic. And I'm like, amazing. They've said, you know what? It can still translate to our sport. And I think hockey's kind of the, kind of the same way. Like we need to translate that. And, it, and, and I tell parents like, be patient, like, you know, their kid's 14 or 15 not getting any college offers. And they're like, Oh my God, what's, what's, Oh my kid, right. my, my kid didn't get any offer from BU. Well, as you know, you know, there are right. so, there are so many hockey players. I mean, I, Mike can probably talk about this, but I believe there's as many registered hockey players in the U.S. as there is in Canada, is that is that right, Mike?
3: It's it's close. It's closer. It's, close. it's closer. Closer than
0: it's ever been. We'll put it that
3: yeah. way.
1: Co- it's closer. It's closer than it's it's ever been. We're you know,
3: coming,
0: right? Canada. <laughs> what's that again? I said we're yeah. coming, Canada. We're coming, Watch Canada.
1: Out. Well, I mean, you, right. just, you, you, you just look at it. You just look at the development of you know players in California and obviously that that sort of thing. But but as we continue to you know grow the sport, it's it's a lot of just telling parents you know, patience, patience. It's, it's going to be fine. Continue right. the development. And, and, you know, and here's the other thing that I don't care what sport your, your child plays. It's okay to play another sport.
0: Right. Like, Absolutely. I mean,
1: Agreed. I, I heard a coach tell a parent, the kid was eight years old, pretty good hockey player too. Pretty good hockey player. And the co- and the, and the kid also plays soccer and lacrosse. And the coach said, he needs to choose a sport. I'm like, yeah. what?
3: No. Yeah.
1: He's eight years old. He needs to choose a sport.
3: Yeah. needs to choose a different coach.
1: Needs to, uh. <laughs> need, need to choose a different coach. And I think a lot of times that, you know, if you're coming in and you're, and you don't know a lot about hockey, that's fine. But if you come in and you're passionate, you're motivated, you know, there, there's plenty of people that can write up a right drill for you and run the drill and, and, and give the kids touches and give them opportunities to be successful and get out there. The other Friend. thing, right. The other thing that it, it, it makes me crazy few coaches do in hockey is while the game's going on, they're coaching yeah, from right. the bench. Right. Skate harder, <laughs> Do it. <laughs> First off, that kid doesn't even hear you. So it's okay, kid comes back to the bench, give him one touch point. Hey, listen, make that pass a little bit quicker, get in the zone quicker, something like that. That's it. And then shut up.
0: Right. Let him enjoy let the game.
1: It, let it let it play. But you know, we get we get so ingrained in this and we're like, oh, you know, if my kid doesn't play triple A by hand, if he doesn't get a prep school, it doesn't. Da, 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 da. And and I, I will tell you from working in NHL, that's
2: that's not all how it goes. If no. kid, right
1: if you're good At- enough, if you're good enough,
2: we got people that will find you. Simple right. That. And, and that's very true. And I want to say, use my daughter, for example. She did not go to prep school. She is playing D1 hockey in college right now. And we were, we were pressured early on when she was 13 and 14 by other parents. Sure. She's never going to play college hockey not being in a prep school. And many of them chose to send their girls to prep school, which is fine if that's sure. the route you want to go. But it is not the definitive route. Right. If your kid's talented enough, they'll find you, and yeah. passionate enough, they'll find a place to play. Yep, and, and you have to find the route for your child that works for them,
0: right? Yep.
2: I mean,
1: uh, y- y- you know some y- you know, I know a young man, he's 16, he's, he got drafted in the first round, and he's uh, of the dub, and he's going to the WHL. Well, he, he's physically and mentally capable of doing that. And his parents asked me, I said, yes, he's physically, mentally capable of doing that. You know, he's a little bit of a man among boys. Okay. But some people aren't ready for that yet. It's okay. All right. Stay another year. Like you use, use the progression process of whatever makes that path successful. And, and I think, I think that's a, that, that, you know, that, that's a part of it.
3: Yeah, we've, t- we've talked about that, JB, on this uh, for weeks and weeks that, you know, each player and each parent and each family has to find their own path. I mean, Lee's talked about it and in, his, in his path and Chrissy's talking about it with her kids. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you is, is watching uh, how you've gone into organizations and, and not, you know, anybody can say, oh, here, here's culture, right? This is culture. But what, you know, what are some of the strategies that you've been using, especially at the youth level, you know, to educate parents about, you know, what, what is culture for you? Like, how are you expecting parents to understand and and be educated about what that really means? It can't just be about, well, you got to show up in a shirt and tie to a a nine-year-old hockey game, you know, and I've seen you in action and I would love to, you know, just to talk about that a little bit about, you know, what you do to educate uh, your parents when you're instituting this.
1: Sure. The first thing is, first thing is with parents is you have to give them their own strategies for success. And it start, it starts with positive enthusiasm, right? If this is where their son and daughter's talent level is, the talent level will not go higher. If it's like the, if you're forcing it down, you have to force the talent level up. Okay. It doesn't mean everything's always puppies and rainbows, right? But it does mean it it, it does mean you're going to positively influence your child's talent. You have to positively influence it. Okay. Now, if they're late, they're not prepared. That's another, that's another issue, but you have to positively influence it. The other thing is, is I always tell parents, you know, after a game, you know, take 24 hours before you talk about it. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: like
1: don't get, uh, you know, Marco and I used to have this in the car. Like he would get in the car and you know, he might be minus four. And I thought he played like, we didn't even talk about it. And then the next day I'd say, Hey, um, what do you think you did well, and what do you think you need to work on? And many times the athlete's like, you know, I did really great on this, but I need to work on this. Yeah, I saw that too. Okay, how are you going to do that? Well, you know what? Da, 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 da. Great. Awesome. So, you know, a, a, and that's all part of that. It's all part of that conversation. It's all part of that development. It's all part of that healthy learning. I'm telling you, this is, you know, Sydney Crosby's parents with him were very, very positive with him. Obviously, he's extremely talented and everything else, but, but but gave him that positivity so so he took his talent to another level. That's what you have to be. Now, when they're adults, that's a different story, right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes the coach has to, you know, you know, right. Mike, Mike Ruzioni says it all the time, right? Herb Brooks kept him. You know, he thought he was getting cut every day. But yeah. Mark Johnson, you know, he always patted him on the back. Hey, Mark, good job, Right? But, 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 th- but that's understanding who people are. And that's the other thing coaches need to understand. You can't blanket these kids, okay? You can't throw a blanket over them. Sure, the standards must be the same. You're on time. You're on the ice in time. You're dressed right, the whole thing. Like when I was a youth coach, I had this crazy issue if you're not wearing matching socks. Like if you came on the ice with different <laughs> socks, out, right? Change your socks. Match your- because I was just trying to instill standards. It didn't matter if it was the best player or if it was a kid trying to make the team. Here's the standards. Here's your practice uniform. Here's what you wear. That's standards. But the other thing is you've got to start understanding who these young people are as human beings. Right. Right. They all need something. Right. So there's three things that I always tell parents, what they must do and they must teach. They must coach and they must mentor. Right. So let's break down the three. When you teach somebody something, what do you do, Lee?
0: You uh, explain to them the processes needed in order to understand how to do a skill or trait or anything involved.
1: hundred percent. You're a smart man. So (laughs) exactly. that's that's the definition. It's exactly it. You give them, you give them structure for that. Right. Right. Okay. And, 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 and then when you, and then when you coached, you, you coach them on that specific task to make them better. Right. And then when you mentor, you give them the room to develop that task
0: and be creative, right.
1: And be creative. Right. And that's so important. I think Mike Benelli and I talked about this. You know, I tell the story of, uh, you know, I worked with the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Tony Granato was the assistant coach. You know, he's the coach of University of Wisconsin, you know, USA Hockey Hall of Fame, that whole, you know, the whole story about the Granato family. And I was in the uh, power play meeting with him and uh, he was drawing up the power play and he he, kind of like started it. He like didn't finish it. So he's like, all right, any questions? Everybody left. And I said, hey, coach, I said, hey, coach, I said, um, did, did you not finish that play up? He goes, yeah, no, I, I left it open purposely. He goes, because I want 71, Malkin, and 87, Crosby, to be creative. Right. I want them to do what they do. And I was just like, wow. And, and, and a part of that is, is you know, you can get that all the way down to the youth level. Let, let, you them? let them, you know, let them try to make a play around a defenseman. Okay, doesn't work. You know what? Like, because what happens is you're doing it in real time, right? You're doing it in real time. Like, you know, the reason that special operations forces are so good in the U.S. military is because, you know, we do this in practice in real time, live fire exercises, real time, night vision, boom. You know, you do it at speed. Sure, you make mistakes and you learn from it. You're like, okay, well, I got to do this better. So it's all part of that being creative. And I think that, you know, it's, it's so much more important to develop young people and put them on the path than just winning games.
0: You know, JB, I wanted to ask you this too, and I'm going to go on a little bit off of our schedule rundown yeah, sorry, here. sorry, I know. No, I'm no, 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 I love that. I love yeah. it because well, this is why I love interviewing people. Like, you've already answered half the questions that we haven't asked yet, which is wonderful. Yeah. All right, which means we could have new questions come up. But, sure. um, you know, one of the stories I love to tell, that it goes right with what you were saying is uh, I was coaching pro in Europe Uh and uh, it's same type of story. You know, we used to say about our players that, you know, especially halfway through the season towards the end, like if we're still coaching certain things at that time or teaching, you know, we we didn't do our job, right? Like they should know it in a game. And I love what you're bringing up about creativity at the youth level. And that's something I want to focus on. Arguably, kids are more creative than adults. In fact, I think we, we make the mistake of ridding children of their creativity mm-hmm. too often, right? Mm-hmm. You want to allow kids to be creative. And I think mm-hmm. this also stems back to a fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the biggest plights facing youth sports in general is that we teach kids to fear messing up. Now, just so everybody listening understands what I mean, it, you know, a kid should not mess up the same thing 9, 10, 15 times. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to give them the flexibility to fail and be creative so they can learn what to and what not to do. And again, like you said about Crosby and Malkin, I don't have a better example than that, but what you said about them is allowing them to be creative and do what they do. It's so important. I just want to touch on this again mm-hmm. to allow your youth players within a structure. And that's mm-hmm. very important within a structure, within the system, mm-hmm. try things, experience things, learn mm-hmm. things. And then as you said in the car ride home, you know, what did you fail out today? What could you have done better today? teaching a young person to have that conversation, you are absolutely setting them up for the, for the structures that are needed for real life. We all fail in life and I've always found it uh, amazing when parents or coaches or anybody involved set a false standard of you can't fail. That's not realistic. It's how do you fail? How do you get up? How do you have that resolve? Is that part of the process that you instill when you're creating that culture is, you know, not a fearless culture, but not fearing failure. Uh, that
1: That's it. And I think what happens is we, <laughs> we take the F U N out of sports. Yeah. We take, we take the fun. And as soon as, as soon as that young man or woman loses that spirit, forget it. It's right. done.
0: Done. Okay. Burn.
1: And, and, and me, you, Mike, Chris, we can't coach any of that. It's done. Once that spirit is broken and, and, when, and why do you need to break the spirit that's what i tell parents all the time Yet, you know part of that mentoring is is you know giving that kid some space afterwards and be like hey what do you think what tell me what you did well yesterday oh i did this this it. yeah you know what i saw that but i also saw this right oh i didn't think of that mom dad thank you right? it's that almost, means everything it's to all, the kid
0: too that means it's everything. all
1: part of it and that's part of that mentorship program Right. And they're all like, and, 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 and parents get in this box and they get so thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mike, Mike knows, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, hockey coaching maniacs to be like, well, if your kid doesn't take this kid, doesn't go to this clinic, he's not going <laughs> to, yeah. Oh, 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 you're not going to go yeah. to this
0: clinic. Well, well
3: life's over. you know,
0: <laughs> you got it.
3: You know, listen. in my in in my past in my past work, right, of doing especially a lot of private lessons and one on one. You know, parents are always like one of the things they like they they think that you can find the path to like how do I get my son or daughter more aggressive? How do I get them to love the game? You know, how I go well, listen, and I think it's you guys hit it on this, every one of you that you can. And I don't want to use the wrong term here, but you could beat that out of a player, like it, you could really diminish it. Right. But you, it's hard to get it. Right. So if you, you have can a player, steal it, Mike. I could so you,
0: you would steal it from him. Yeah. yeah. And it's
3: just like, you know, if you, if you're on the edge and I say, you know, I, I've been listening to, you know, obviously uh, this is a great time of, of this, you know, that we're in a situation where I'm, I'm able to be so much more educated and listen to so many more people, you know, like JB and, and have an opportunity to really you know, hear all these different thoughts and the overriding theme over and over and over by any professional, let the players find their game, let them be creative. You, you can't work. And especially now, right. It's, we're not in many of us around the country are not in a winning and losing environment. Yeah. We're in a survival environment. Right. You'll let them play. This is to explore. And I think it's, it's a great message because, and I wish, you know, when you hear a guy, like, and I've seen JB in action around, you know, not only professional hockey people, but professional parents, parents that are, that are the best in what they do in all their aspects of life. And somehow they forget that, that this is the same. You need to have that flexibility of failure. And, right. and, and I don't know why we lose that in athletics.
2: Now, let me ask you this, JB. you know, we've all read the statistics. 70% of the kids quit hockey, other sports by the age of 13. So they're not having fun. Sure. So you really need to keep that fun spirit alive. Mm-hmm. Now, Let's say you're in a season where your kids are not doing well. It's a losing season. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing that team culture. It was set, the tone was set at the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. but now you're seeing dissension and you're seeing some, you know, tension among Mm -hmm. parents, among the kids. How do you keep that youth hockey culture, the positivity alive?
1: That's, That's great. Well, first thing is, is that, you know, there's a distinct difference between the kids in the locker room and the parents group, right? Those are two different groups to manage. And the kids in the locker room, you'll find that, you know, they'll find something to rally behind. Hey, let's do it for Billy. Like he just got over COVID let's win it for him. Right. And so, and they they will find it. And so what you sometimes have to do is, 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 you know, keep the Darth Vader group. Sometimes they're like, what's
3: going on? We're not
1: winning. We're not going to make nationals. I already booked my hotel room for Florida. <laughs> right. And, and we're laughing, but you know, this is, right. this is yeah. what happens. Oh, and it's you, sarcastic
0: yeah. laughter. Trust it's me.
1: Sarcastic, Yeah. So, so, and, and, and I found that sometimes <laughs> at that group. So, so, you know, with, 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 with parents, I continue to say, listen, be patient with the process. If you're not liking something, we're going to keep it healthy. And here's the other thing for parents if you really truly care about your son or daughter getting to the next level, make sure they're a great human being. Right. Okay. Cause that, that 1%, maybe 2%, you know, they're going to get there, but the rest of the rosters are all filled out with great human beings. I've seen it all the way up. My son got to play college hockey when he was a good player but he was a decent human being and John Lonsberry called the coach and said hey are you looking for another center here's the kid look no further done I can tell you in the NHL when they're filling out the rosters right is this kid is this going to be a this is a great human being put him on the roster right and so parents continue to uh, you know educate your son and daughter just being a great human you listen we've seen it in sports right the whole Arizona Coyotes incident everything else right like and 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 uh, you know I tell I tell professional athletes this all the time if you're a prima donna you better be really good because your shelf life is this big right okay so you better be really really good right and that's what you and 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 then when you do have the players so you know Barkoff, Crosby, I always go to them, too, those two, because I know them well. You know, they're not only great players, but they're wonderful human beings. And, and that's what you have to continue to promote as a parent. And at the end of the day, you know, here, here's, here's the thing at the end of the day, right? Like, if you're going, you know, you graduate college and you're going for a job and, you know, I pick up your resume and I look at it. You know, I, I'm not. I'm going to ask you how many goals or assists or saves you made in, right. in college, <laughs> right? I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, you know what? You know what did your teammates think about you? Right. Right. That's that, That's it. I, I, I'll tell you in the NHL when when we, we were trading for a player and you know, like KJB hey, find out about his player, I, I would always call the equipment guys of the last team that kid guy was at. Hey, Sparky uh tell, tell me about jimmy smith oh my god jimmy smith you kidding me right or hey the best guy this that the other right. thing right because you can't hide from that group so uh christy i don't you know just wrapping back to yours you know I, when when it's not going great you know continue to motivate that that youth group find them you know help them build something to 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 work with and again you know they have to develop that team chemistry themselves it's your job to keep it healthy so it's positive it's healthy this is how we act this is our standards this is how we're going to be we're going to be professionals that entire thing and then with the parents you know i always say practice practice a little patience because at the end of the day listen at the end of the day the kids are going to remember their experiences whether they were good whether they were bad and you could, and you could win a championship and have a bad experience and hate that. Or you could be you know two and 20 and have a great experience about it. And they're like, yeah, it was awesome. That was so much fun. Like all those experiences as youth players. You know, that, that, that's, that's what we have to, that's what we have to capitalize on.
2: Right. And I really think it's important for coaches to communicate with parents throughout the season. 100%. Sometimes they forget about us. They set the tone in the beginning, Mike Benelli, you hand out your big Mike Benelli document and everybody gets that and reads that we're all on board and yeah. we sign on to it. And then as the season goes along, um, Sometimes the coaches forget about the parents. They're uh, so focused on the kids, which they should be. Well, but, but I, I think they need to continue to communicate with parents.
1: Oh, uh, you know, rookie coaching mistake 101 is not communicating with the parents. All right, parents, I'm talking to you the first day. I'm not talking to you again to the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, really?
2: <laughs> I've seen okay. that,
1: I, you know, no, okay. okay, really? Oh, what are you, Gerard Gallant? No, you're not, okay? <laughs> Like enough of that. Exactly. Coaches, young coaches, especially continue to communicate with the parents, right? Whatever it is, one-on-ones, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe some of the things that you're discussing with the player, you know, you don't have to continue to discuss to the, with the, with the parent, but they should be able to tell They should be able to tell their parent, Hey, this is what the coach told me. Like I need to, uh, you know, I need to be harder on the forecheck or whatever the case may be, but you have to continue to open the communication, Continue to communicate. Sometimes coaches, we like to, you know, we like to, you know, put our sport coat on and everything else, and we're like, "All right," it, it, which is fine. But you know, we have to continue to show people the human side of us, right? Okay? And I'll tell you, you know, and uh, I talk about this in a lot of lessons learned. Like when we were trying to revamp the whole Florida Panthers youth, youth hockey system, I can tell you, what I didn't do well was communicate to the parents my human side right they saw me as this like former military guy this is that this is how it's going to be and and you know we were revamping the entire program all right uh, i was in it you know we're not playing full ice might hockey anymore you know flares were going up everywhere okay and we had mike in and he was helping us and so we were really building a great program modules the whole thing it was awesome but I did not communicate that in a human way to parents. I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. A, B, C, D E. This is our blueprint. This is what we're following. And it worked. Okay. What I should have done was been more Christy. tell me what issues you have with this. Okay. Nope. Listen to it. Right. And I, I, I use that as, as my check. And I got to tell you, um, you know, you should have Kevin weeks on this program. Um, uh, I'll link you up with him, Leaks, because Kevin and I talk about, you know, you sports uh, so much, you know, the way, you know, he had the, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, come through the ranks and, right. Right. <laughs> you know, everything else he did. And, and we talk about how, like, are we doing enough to get um, to, to, to make this sport, you know, for everybody. And he's got some, you know, some great aspects, but we talk about this whole, you know, development process. Right. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, when you sit with people like Mike Benelli, he explains you, you talking, you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it, 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 it really does. And I think what we have to almost do is, you know, build that culture of young coaches. Like, you know, he's got my son convinced. I know it. My son's trying to do this same, same type of programs. Like this is how we should do it. Cause this, you know, one, it keeps the game fun. And oh, by the way, we're developing kids as athletes and as human beings.
0: Right, JB. I got you know, you, I'm a I'm a big believer. You know, great questions demand great answers, and you have spawned a question in my head. But sure. so we're going to jump into leadership. This is all going to transition into leadership okay. in a minute. But one of the questions uh, I want to ask you this, and and you talk about specifically, especially young coaches and parents, right? You have worked at the professional collegiate level with multiple sports, multiple top tier athletes, right? I'm under the belief that sports fans see about 10 to 15 percent, that's including games and whatever you see on TV, of what actually is happening in a pro sports environment, right? Only 10 to 15 percent. You don't see that other 85 percent, right? So, what are the common threads that you have noticed at the top level of professional sports that young coaches, young parents don't know about? in context to like you said earlier like we got to do this we got to do this we got to do this right and at the pro levels they don't do that we talked about this with creativity what are those maybe three or five things that you've noticed at the pro level that would shock youth coaches shock parents that this is actually the way it's done at the top level you're trying to get at
1: well great wonderful question well the first thing is is that the athletes love what they're doing <laughs> right they they they've had a passion for it and they get in there and they they love what they're doing so it doesn't you know anything you do uh, you know if you love it 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 doesn't become a grind you know you show up at the rink early you're you're ready to do you're right re- you're ready to go there the other thing is is that um you know at the pro level the communication between players and coaches right is very good. And this is you know this is where um I got to tell you some you know Rick Nash, uh, Willie Mitchell uh you know in Florida Willie Mitchell was great. He would go in and he would he would sit with coach and and he would say, "Hey Turk, this this is what I think." And 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 Gerard Gallant would listen. <laughs> and he'd say, "Okay, Willie, great. And I I think this, you think this, but there's some place in the middle." Right. And the other and the other part of that is It's not just, you know, the person wearing the C or the A is is youth sports. It's become this collective group, right? You don't need a letter on your sweater to be a leader. You don't need a letter on your sweater to care about the person next to you, okay? Um, I'm a big believer that locker rooms should be wide open. You notice in youth locker rooms, right, there's no stalls. There's just hooks on the wall. And what happens is all those kids talk, Right? But then, when you get to high school or college or the pros, they used to put people in stalls, and then what happens is they just, you know, they just get in the stalls and hide. And coaches yelling, and they're like, "Well, coach is not yelling at me." But now they're getting away from that now because you want that interaction with people. Hey, what's going on with you? You good? You okay? You good to go? So I think that you know the you know the the human development of the athlete, uh, and if you saw that at the pro level, it's. I think parents would come in and say, wow, this just looks like a 10 year old night team just <laughs> done at right. done a, a bigger level. Oh, they can get breakfast and they can get taped. <laughs> and, they can, and, and that's, and that's really all it is. It's, it's still a game. Just at a bigger level, obviously they're getting paid for it and everything else. And also the requirements for athletes too. Um, you know, I was very, very, um, you know because of the collective bargaining agreement you know an athlete only has to do so many appearances and i would always tell the athlete well you can do more you know what you know and all of a sudden people are like huh yeah i probably should do more <laughs> yeah you probably should <laughs> that, that that that's part of it um so it, it, there the, the 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 coaching uh might be a little more precise sure um Obviously, the game is more precise, uh, but the general shell of it is all the same.
0: Now, this is why I asked a phenomenal answer, Yeah. right? And and this is something I mean, I'm actually going to kind of throw this to Mike a little bit because this is something Mike does really, really well, right? I want everybody listening to notice that he didn't say the keys at the pro level are a tremendous slap shot, yeah. right? Being able to do C cuts better than everybody else, <laughs> all right, and being able to do a vertical leap, whatever, whatever those are. This is what you said, and I wrote them down, right? Passion, number one. Communication, collective leadership, community, being a good person, human development. How much are you, as a coach or a parent, doing that with your team? And again, at the youth level, yes, skill development is very important. I'm not negating that. But he, he just told you, JB just told you what it takes to be at the pro level, and the question would be, how much of that are we doing at the youth level? Now, Mike, I'm going to throw this to you because you're, you're championing this every day, right? I, I watch you do it, right? But, like, these, JB's right. These are some of the things that are passed over as, oh, yeah, okay, we'll get to the human stuff, you know, at some point, right? It, this is a major part of development of not just the player but the person.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and this is where, you know, when JB talks about at the pro level that could replicate what we can do at the youth level – that's the, like everyone's good at the college level. Everyone's great at the at the pro level. They're all good. Like even I joke around with my son. He's like, "Oh, I don't want you know he plays NHL, uh, you know, twenty one or whatever. Oh, I don't want that guy. He stinks." I go, "He's in the NHL." <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know right. what your le- I don't know where yeah. your criteria is for stinks. But you know, I think it's. But again, that's a fan, right? But I think at, the, at you know one of the things that I would love to hear, JB, is because it really strikes on that. Uh, you know, as I'm visualizing the locker room, you know, how is it how important or what could you do as a youth coach to influence a lot of those things right. by putting certain kids together? Like how much effort goes into your job as a cultural development expert uh, to, to, to help guide coaches in putting the right kid with the right kid or the, the right person with the right person to influence culture within yep. the locker room?
1: great great question and you know um i'm giving willie mitchell some big kudos here because he was one of the best captains i saw sid too as well but i i got to sit with i got to sit with willie mitchell as he kind of you know read the tea leaves of the locker room right and said you know what i'm gonna move this player with this part player because you know this player doesn't talk a whole lot this player talks a lot so i'm gonna put him there uh we'll put Yager at the end and give him two lockers. Cause he's got a lot <laughs> of stuff. Like seriously, it was hilarious. Yeah, I believe <laughs> And Yarmor Yager, Yarmir, of course he can have two lockers. He's Yarmir. Yager. Yeah. Yarmer. Yeah. He had two lockers. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And he had like, uh, you know, and he's very religious by the way. Yar, Yarmir's is right. very religious. So he, you know, he had all his little figurines up and everything else. And and, 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 just the way that you, you, you do that. And here's the other thing. Um, and, uh, he, here's the thing that coaches should do. They should, here's a great exercise. I tell youth coaches all the time. Um, Next practice, you know, whoever you're sitting next to, you know, I'm sitting next to Lee. Okay. Um, JB, you're going to have to tell me three things about Lee that I don't know. Lee, you're going to have to tell me three things about JB that I don't know. Right. And like, I've watched pro coaches do this and I've watched players go, I don't know. (laughs) And, And yeah. And the coach said, you've been playing next to him for eight months. You don't know anything about him. He's like, seriously. He's like, that's unacceptable. And, um, I, you know, I watched a pro coach come in with his own money. He came in with his own money, $10,000. He's like, I'm going to ask you questions. And if you get it right, I'm going to give you your money. It doesn't matter how much money millionaires have. They love it. They're like, they're like, all right, got it. He's like, all right. Um, JB, tell me, Lee's wife's first name. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, they don't get paid. And, yeah. and so, and, and the coach ended up giving up like 300 bucks. That was it. Wow. You see what I'm saying? And, but what? he was proving to the players, you don't know anything about was, you, you got to your left or right.
3: JB, was but that he, team winning or losing? Uh, well, see, the team then wasn't winning. Yeah.
1: It wasn't winning then. But guess what he did? He turned that team around and they ended up, you know, getting to the Stanley cup finals. Right. So, um, you you know, he ended up turning that team around, but he was showing them, you don't know anything about your mate. That's unacceptable. Right. And I know, you know, today people were like, well, I don't want to want to talk, you know, no, no, you should just strike up a conference. You should know when somebody's not having a good day. I would notice it right away with players. I would have coffee in Florida players would come in and I'd be like, man, that's the same clothes that kid wore yesterday. Right. And I'd go see the captain. I'd be like, hey, Willie, and he'd be like, I'm on it, and Willie'd be like, hey, what's going on with you, right, and so it's just the power of observation, because not everybody, you know, there's still a human element to being an athlete, whether you're a youth athlete, a college athlete, or a professional athlete, there's still a human element to it,
0: right? Absolutely, you know, JB, one of the things I do when I work with teams, which is a passion of mine, is I always talk to the coaching staff about how much team building, team bonding are you doing? Like what right. percentage? And they always ask me, well, what percentage do you think we should be doing? I said, you're not going to like the answer to that question. Right. right? And, and they go, how much? I said, at least 33.3% of your time and <laughs> building a team. Sure. And they go, we can't do that. We've got this. And by the way, this isn't limited to sports. This is every team, whether it, Christy, your broadcasting team or Mike, your, sure. your development team. I say that, you know, and I always use the military as an example. Military is the best team on the planet. No one's ever going to debate that, um, at least not successfully. And, you know, you said this earlier, the training, it's training, 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 training all the time. You know what I mean? And and bonds are formed in that. You know, I look at the military and I say they're setting an example (laughs) for what we need to be doing as teams. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, even at the youth level where this is actually much easier to do. Right. You don't have all this life baggage that's in the way. You know, yeah, team building at least once a week, at least once a week, really should be every practice, right, Um, is such an integral part of everything that we're talking about here, right, the the community, the human being, and they take that with them throughout their life. You know, we recorded an episode last week, and all of us talked about, um, you know, it was about losing seasons and these teams that were getting killed, but they were creating a good impression by either giving us meals after the game or just being very respectful in the impression that they had on us. And they were team building. And a lot of those organizations ended up, like, as you just said, flipping it around. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I do want to a transition here kind of towards the leadership side of things and the motivation side of things. And I absolutely want to plug your book, uh, Warrior Leadership, Steps for Success for Leaders on the Ground, which is available on Amazon. And I am going to give you some time to talk about that a little more at the end of the show. But one of the things I want to talk about with leadership, um, as we said, is that hockey and sports, this is not limited to just hockey, obviously, is a vehicle for growth to create leaders in life right Uh, Christy has shared so many stories wonderful stories about her children and the gifts the game has given them outside of hockey and they're successful hockey players right Um, you know I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to revisit what you said earlier um, about you don't have to have a C or an A to be a leader and I think that that's a very important message especially for any of the younger players that listen to this show because I think a lot of times kids think well I have to have that letter to be a great captain the truth is if you need the letter, that's a problem, right? Usually the best leaders don't need that letter. They're, you know, it's earned. So I just wanted to your thoughts, not general thoughts, but your thoughts on youth hockey, youth sports with leadership and how everyone, the coaches, the parents, and the players play into that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, part of it is, is that, you know, especially in youth hockey, what do we do? We give the seat to the best player, right? And a lot right. of times in pro sports, it's the same way. And sometimes even in pro sports, we overwhelm that person with the C and it you know it's fine to give it to them, but then you need to put a a uh, a a supporting cast around them. Right, right. And the supporting cast around them that helps. And and you know Uh, I remember, you know, Rick Nash and he was a captain of the Columbus blue jackets. We used to talk all the time about this is that, you know, even though he was a captain, he had a supporting group around him and not just two assistants, maybe three or four more people. And that's what you can, and you talk about, you say, Hey, listen, you know, we got this young guy He needs a little bit of help. And somebody says, Hey, I got him, you know, I'll take him for coffee. You know, I'll do some training with him, the whole thing. So somebody can, can get to that person to help them. Right. Right. And the other thing is, is that I want people to understand when you're on a team, um, you know, it's not like a, sometimes the players like reselect people. Oh, rookie, this, that, you know, there's no rite of passage. It, if that person's on your team, it can help the team be successful. Then it's part of the team, right? The, the coach has already picked it. So, so the more that we have inclusion and bring people together, the better off we are. So that's all part of it. I agree with you. There's things um, uh, when I coached, you know, when I coached, you know, squirt hockey at West Point. Uh, my assistant coach uh, was a guy by the name of um, uh, Chris Frasty. He was actually a SEAL Team Six pilot, legend, Navy Navy pilot. Worked at West Point, though. But uh, our kids played, and he used to call um, he used to call it forced team fun. They were like, "Oh, coach," he's like, "We're going bowling today." Yeah, man, the kids would be really like, fun. oh. and he would call it for, forced team fun. It was hilarious, and things we did with like Mike Benelli's team. They ran the mountain. We would do these things to get the kids together and guess what at the end of the season that's what they that's what they would remember they would remember climbing the mountain with rocks right Mike they would remember those type of things and 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 that's what happens is you're building and you're growing and you're building a foundation for success
3: yeah I mean yeah, talking and that's about it, just...
2: also a, a chance to as you said it's really important to raise good human beings and as a team you can do so much good in your community I'm going to give a plug again for, you know, organizing your teams to do some good for your community. I remember one of the most memorable experiences. My son had 12 years old. One of the kids' grandmas um, way up north in North Country knew that our team was gonna play pretty close to her nursing home. And she loved hockey. But hockey was now out of the picture because she couldn't leave the nursing home. So what the kids did, they brought hockey to her. After the game, They all gathered as a team. They brought some small gifts. They were all in their jerseys. They marched into that nursing home, surrounded that grandma with so many. And she was sharing all of her hockey memories with the kids and asking each and everyone, who's your favorite player? Who do you root for? And we've got a beautiful picture of the kids surrounding this grandma, 12- and 13-year-old boys. You wouldn't think that they would have a good time in a nursing home. And it was one of their most memorable experiences of the season.
1: You know what? Those things are so important. Um, I remember when I was helping out at this uh, Leaders for Life camp, and it was uh, Bobby Orr's, all his top kids uh, that were getting ready to get drafted. And with camp was in Boston. And um, so we, they had a five-day camp, and it had no hockey in it. No hockey. Hmm. It was all personal development. And, and Dale, Dun- Dale Dunbar ran it. OBU player. And I remember Bobby Orr was, I remember what he told these players. I, I never forgot. Like, here's Bobby Orr, like the legend. And he said, he goes, your ability is going to get you to the professional ranks, but your character is going to keep you there. And so, and they were like, we're not playing any hockey. He goes, you're playing no hockey this week. Yeah. And I remember that we, um, uh, you know, we, we, we took these players to like a food shelter and they had to cook and everything else. And, there was this old retired Marine and he, he said he goes I need this storeroom painted I'm like no problem so the players are like <laughs> painting the storeroom and he was like and he was like you know old retired Marine he was like don't be slapping that painter out, boys. <laughs> Don't give me up. And it was, they were like, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> but, and, and Zach Bogosian was on that group, uh, Matt Cassian. And I remember like Zach and I still talk about that. And it's like, he goes, you remember that guy? He's like, I learned so much from that. Right. I learned humility and compassion and caring and leadership. He's like, that was, he goes, that was the, you know, that was one of the most instrumental weeks of my life. And so these are things that like exactly what you're saying, Lee, you know, there's a reason to put teams together, make them a better version right. of themselves.
0: You know, great story for you. You know, uh, one of the, I, I was a college coach at 22 years old, which was too young. And I learned a lot, I did a lot right and a lot wrong. And one of the things I remember, um, I'm going to tell you one of each was that we never had at the, the school I coached at, they didn't have their own locker room. Right, and I knew at that age, being young, you know what we we needed a locker room. It's it's a home. It's a thing. So I said to the guys, they were fighting. I talked to the rink manager, and I said, if we build it, can we have a locker room? And he said, What do you mean? I said, We'll build the stalls. We'll paint the room. We'll do everything. Right, and uh, we worked something out where we got one of the main locker rooms, and we did it. We built stalls. We painted it. We made it our own, and we shared the locker room with the rest of the rink when we weren't there. That was the deal. Beautiful. Um, And what I loved about it is it gave the kids. Uh, keep in mind, I was still a kid kind of too, but it gave them ownership over the room and they protected that room. So suddenly the college kids who kind of didn't really care before are coming in, if someone's messing around in their locker room, Hey, get out of that room. You know I you exactly. in this room. Um, it created such ownership and a bond that, Hey, we made this together. Right. And then that bond was passed down for years beyond that about every year we fix our own locker room. We do this together. Mm-hmm. You know, So like you're saying events like that, you know, another thing too, uh, you know, when I played for this team and coached this team, uh, we would have to go into the inner city and read to underprivileged kids. And I remember that had a major effect on me, uh, not just the, the, the great feelings that go around with giving back, but to see another area of society that I had never been in Mm -hmm. and to read to those kids, you know, talk about character, you know, giving yourself perspective, man. I I remember leaving that, like, I am blessed to be able to play hockey and go to college. You know what I mean? Uh Um, now, one of the mistakes I made at that young age, again, 22, 23, was, had to do with motivation. Um, and I think this is a mistake that a lot of coaches and parents make, and I wanted to get your take on it, is that, and we, we did talk about this a little bit earlier, everyone's motivated differently, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of young coaches make the mistake of thinking, well, the way I was motivated is the way you must be motivated. And that's right. how you get the screaming coach or the yep. happy clap or, or the negative power of persuasion, positive power of persuasion. So, you know, what are some of the steps when you think about everyone's motivated differently, especially today, where things are a lot different than mm-hmm. when we were younger, right? What are some of the steps that, that leaders, parents, coaches, even the kids themselves can take to learn how to motivate themselves and more importantly, others?
1: Well, the first thing with motivation is it has to be healthy, right? It has to be genuine and, and it's okay. Like, you know, there's a lot of professional athletes that want to play to make a check because you, you know, they have parents to take care of and that sort of thing. And I tell them that's okay, but put that in its right place, right? Take that, put this in the right place. Same thing with coaches too. Like you have to understand that everybody's motivated differently and right. that's okay. But, but you, you know, as long as that motivation's kept in the right area, and that person's coming to the rink and it's healthy and it's it's productive and it's and it's and it's and it's truthful and it's honest and it's with humility then you know then, then we're fine and that's the thing that we all we, you know we have to we have to be careful of we have to ensure that that, that the players you know players know humility um, you know, uh, if you watch it in the NFL, you know Dwayne Haskins is in trouble right now, right? Because you know he went to a strip club without his right. mask. Everything else, it's against the COVID policy. And and if and I think if I, if I was a coach, I'd say you just didn't let yourself down. You let everybody else down because we're following strict protocols. And so, you know, this is this is how you. This is not what we're about. Right. This is not what we're about. If you want to do that, then do that after the season, but don't right. do it now while we're not together.
0: When we need to make the playoffs. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not when we're still, right. you know, we're still trying right. to build something here. Right. And so that's what everybody understands. You know, people don't have to like the culture, but they have to love the culture. And then right. they find when you fit in a, listen, people in the business world, move firms, move jobs for culture they right. don't move because of salary, right? If Christy doesn't like the firm she's working with or the group, she's going to move because of healthy culture. That's what it's about. And so, and so that's what we have to continue to understand about that culture and team chemistry and make it healthy and that sort of thing. Now, can you win without good culture? Yes, for a short, short time because you have the best players, right? right? You, can, you can win, but you can't sustain it. Do you want to sustain, you know, a a a you know this this tenure of winning and 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 healthy culture and development? Then then you have to put time and effort into culture. Uh, a friend of mine, Mark Klein, he runs uh, Mizuno of Houston, Mizuno Baseball of Houston. Uh, I just talked to him about a week ago. He just said he just put another like sixty-three players into into college he never once says oh we won this many games you know he's got he's got like you know 15 teams it's not about that it's about development right it's about healthy culture and 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 that's what he does it's about healthy culture right and and so so you know that's an individual sport wrapped into a team sport obviously Right. right But he, he tells players all the time, he's like, we're, we're going to make a healthy culture. We're gonna, and and people are going to, and scouts are going to come watch you because of our culture. Because they know if, uh, you know, if a, if, a, if a coach selects you, they know that you're going to be a damn fine human being.
0: Right. Yeah. So. You know, another thing too about motivation, which we're on, is something I do that I, it surprises coaches sometimes is I'll ask them, like, do you know how to motivate each player? And they'll say no. How do I do that? I said, well, just ask them how they're motivated and how they're demotivated. It's a, right. Sometimes it's as simple as just saying, like, do you, you know, how are you motivated? And I always say, too, look, a kid, you know, kids need to be pushed sometimes. So if a kid says, well, I don't like when I'm yelled at, it doesn't mean you don't get on the kid once in a while. But he's telling you, don't yell at me. You know, I know Christy had a quick question, too, because I know, uh, especially in youth hockey, right, Christy, with, with demotivation, there's a lot of things that can happen. And I actually think this is a communication problem. Uh, You know, Christy, I want you to ask about, obviously, when kids go out and get specialized help and stuff like that, you know, it's a positive and a negative, but there's a lot of threats to that culture. There's a lot of threats to motivation, how the actions of one kid can demotivate another kid. But Christy, did you want to dive into that real question, that question real quick? Yeah,
2: I mean, the whole question about specialization, JB, we're seeing it more and more Mm -hmm. with our kids. Um, So many parents are so concerned that their kid isn't going to catch up to the next kid. Um, So and at a very young age, they're already, they're already specializing their kids in one sport. Now, if you, see, if you look at most really talented athletes, they'll tell you they didn't specialize early on and um, they would take breaks in the summer, it wasn't mm-hmm. year round. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much of a concern is it of yours, which your own observations about this pressure on our kids to be the best at one thing? <laughs> Uh, it, it is a concern. Like it,
1: it, just make a great athlete, right? <laughs> like make a great human being. And, and by playing different sports, guess what happens? You learn different people. You're around different people. You're just not around hockey players. You're just not, you know, you, you get to see other human beings. And that's the, you, you, you know, that's, that, that, that's the uh, wonderful thing. um uh, another NHL coach, you know, good, good friend of mine, um, NHL hall of famer. Uh, when he got fired from his last coaching job, he, we, we talked about it. I said, go do something else. And he like, he he like joined a gym where no one knew who he was. <laughs> right. So he he's in the gym and no one's like, Hey coach, Hey coach. Like no one even knew he was a coach. And, and he goes, and, and I, and I said, how, how was that? He's like, Wow. I met people from all walks of life that I would never would have been around. And that's the importance of getting in different sports. Same thing for the parent too. You're going to meet different people. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, come to, 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 to learn different things. Um, uh, Lee, have you ever read the book, uh, the Matheny manifesto?
0: No, but I'm gonna to have to now.
1: It's a, it's yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a baseball book, but it's Mike Matheny when he actually, you know, f- well, former pro player and manager, and he, and he started coaching. They wanted him to coach youth baseball. Right. It's hilarious, but it's good. It's good for coaches to read, and it's good for parents to read. The other thing, uh, I don't know if you've watched the series Ted Lasso,
0: but I, I've been told to watch this. By if a you're lot a young of
1: coach, now. if you're a young coach, if you're an old coach. You should watch it. I don't know who their coaching technical advisor is, but I gotta. But I gotta tell you, there are some very specific points about culture and leadership in there. I don't know how they got it. It's it it, it, it it's great from the simple coaching aspect of it. You know, obviously it has some comedy, but the simple coaching aspect. So you know, thing that I want coaches to remember, young coaches, is is like you know let these players enjoy, give them some passion, give them some fire, right. you know? I mean, they love that. Like play a little bit of one-on-one games with them, that sort of thing, whatever it is. But, you know, keep people, keep people moving, get guys like Mike Benelli in that it will show you how to do these right. small skill games and how I, I saw <laughs> it firsthand. I saw it. I ran it. I was just like, and the kids were like, this is awesome. They're getting plenty of touches. They're hustling, they're sweating. And it's so much fun. You know the and and then again, make sure that you communicate to the parents what you're doing. This is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it.
0: I always like to say to the parents, "Sweaty heads means they go to bed."
2: Yeah, exactly. Cute little story. The other day, my daughter and I were on a public skating rink, masked up, socially distanced, and all that. Only eight skaters allowed on the rink. Four skaters were young couple with two little kids, and they had the little skating push things, sure. I don't even know what you call them, the walkers. We didn't have those when my back is sore from, you know, still my holding my kid when she was three years old. Around <laughs> But the parents looked at us, and we're more experienced skaters, and when we circled around, I said, oh, the kids look like they're having so much fun. And the parents got so nervous. They looked at us and they said, we don't know what we're doing. And we probably should have given our, they're talking like two and three-year-olds, kids skating <laughs> lessons before we came out, right? And I said, no. Exactly. No, you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Let them less structure, more freedom. Just let them have fun. Exactly. But it's, it, was just, it just hit me that parents, even these young parents are so concerned we should have given our kids lessons before we let them out on the rink to skate. No. <laughs>
0: Not how it's done. that's not how it's done Uh, it starts
2: at such a young age now the pressure that these parents feel
0: yeah, you got to let your kids have fun. Again, we're at the top of the hour now, and I know, JB, you got to go. I really appreciate you giving us so much, so much time. I, I do want to give you one real quick chance to, to let everybody know. Warrior Leadership, I know you have a copy of it right there, Steps yep. for Success for Leaders on the Ground. On Amazon, anywhere else people can go to get that? Sure, you can get on my website at
1: jbsleaders.com. You can follow me on Instagram at, at @jbspiso. If you DM me, I'll DM you right back. Uh, it's a great stocking stuffer. You might have it in time for Christmas, but I hope you enjoy the book. Uh, Lee, Christy, Mike, you guys are legends. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, JB. And, again, that's going to close it out for this week's edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. JB, again, wonderful to have you. That The type of guests we love to have we will have to have you back again. If you I want any more to. information on our show, check it out at www.ourkidsplayhockey.com or find us wherever podcasts are listened to. Just search the name. You'll find us. For Christy Casciano Burns, Mike Benelli, and JB, I'm Lee Elias. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.